0: You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. I was an associate pastor at a church once, and you know, as a pastor, you go around and you say hi to everybody before church starts, how you doing, how you doing, nice to see you. And I went to this one gentleman, and I said, hey, it's, it's nice to see you, I'm Travis, and he was like, yeah, I know. And I was like, yeah, I was like, uh, first time here? He's like, I'm on the board. I went, yeah, man, I know that. Walk off. (laughs) I didn't last long at that church. (laughs) So I'm bad with names, man. I I really am. I really am. So title of today's message, are y'all ready? It's called Mm 911. Yeah, that's good. You can laugh at it the only one person to laugh at? It? Y'all can laugh at it. Nine one one is the title of the message. Here's how I came about this message, um, and this has been something that's been burning in me for a, a, a pretty good while. Um, my my wife and I we 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 started a church in Willis, Texas, and then recently last December we dissolved the church. And um, when we dissolved the church, God started speaking to me again, uh, pretty strongly. And when God speaks to, to me, many of the times he speaks to me internally, you know, like right here, kind of like little nuances that leads the way to um, discoveries and new revelation in the Word of God. I don't even have my Bible, y'all. New revelation in the Word of God or just something that's going to come up. Thank you so much. Um, but this time, it was a little bit different. I kept on seeing the numbers 9-11, 9-11, there was a point in time where I saw it constantly, um, very much like consecutive days in a row. And I, I remember going to Kroger by our house, and the cashier was like, okay, that'll be $9.11. I was like, what? Even with the Kroger discount? You know, but it was $9.11. And, and I kept seeing it over and, over and over and over. And it was like every time I looked at the clock... Uh, it was 9-11 every time. It would be in the morning time. I'd be at school teaching. And I'd be like, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, open up your journals. And I look up the clock. It's 9-11. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I was thinking to myself, maybe God's trying to get my attention. You know? maybe. Now, listen. I'm not the type of guy that believes in external things giving you signs to what God is doing. Can he do that? Yes, but I don't go looking for signs for God to like manifest in my life to say, okay, I got your direction. Like, let me give you an example. If I make a grilled cheese and I happen to open up that grilled cheese and there's like uh, the Virgin Mary grilled on that, I'm not going to save it and sell it on eBay. I'm not going to worship it. I'm going to eat it because it's a grilled cheese. Y'all see what I'm saying? Okay? All right? Some of you are like, What? <laughs> But I don't, I don't go off of external factors to walk by faith, okay? All right, that's not how I operate. Now, maybe when I was a, a baby in the faith, there were some external things that God would show me that I would see that would help lead me along the way. Make sense? But as I grow up, it is the internal right here that drives my faith, that helps me walk out the faith and the calling of God on my life, amen? Okay. Okay, I don't need an angel to preach to me about my calling. I know it's here. Okay? So, anyway, I kept saying 9 11. So, I pulled in the, the, to the driveway one day and I was like, Lord, if you were trying to get my attention about 9 11, then I want to see it again tonight. And that's all I said. I said it in my head. Okay? So, I said it in my head. And I got out of the car, did a bunch of stuff, you know, yada, yada, We ate dinner. It was great. It was great. Dinner was great. Okay? It wasn't crawfish, but it was great. Um, and we ended up, we were putting the kids to bed, you know, like, okay, go to sleep. And then Rachel was in Lainey's room talking to her, and she said, hey, come put Lainey to bed. And I was like, all right. So I go in there, and I jump across the bed, and I land on the bed, and her alarm clock across from me read 9-11. And I went, oh, my God. And so I was like, okay, so what's God trying to send me? So what I did was, I began to look up every scripture that started with chapter 9, verse 11. Okay? So I started doing that. And then I looked up the numbers and what they mean in the Hebrew uh, way of thinking, what the numbers mean. Here's what the number 9 means. Are you ready? Okay. It means this. Number 9 means... Prayer, intercession, completeness, and all the gifts of the Spirit, and bringing into fullness. Number nine means that. Prayer, intercession, bringing into fullness all the gifts of the Spirit. All right? And I was like, whoa, that's awesome. That is awesome. Number nine is awesome. And I was like, Jesus, what does number 11 mean? So you know what I did? I looked at my Bible and researched. No, I Googled it. So I Googled number 11, Hebrew meaning, and this is what 11 means. You ready? Chaos, tragedy, and trauma. What, Jesus? So number nine means bringing into fullness, completion, all the gifts of the Spirit. All the gifts of the Spirit are nine in total. All right? Number 11 means trauma, tragedy, and chaos. Okay, church, listen to me very carefully. One of my objectives here that I think the Lord wants me to do, specifically with this church, and when I preach, is this. I am to prepare you for harvest. A harvest mentality is very different from a sower mentality. You understand me? Okay? In these last days, God is going to restore the former glory of the nation of Israel. And he's going to do it by bringing the church into the fullness of his glory. understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, and we'll go over next week, chapter 9, verse 11 of the, the different things. But this is what it means. 9-11 says this. I wrote this down in my, my own words. I think it means this. We must drown our future and present seasons in intercession... Gifts of the Spirit, prayer, in order to be the body of Christ for the harvest during a chaotic, tragic, and traumatic time of our day. I'm going to say it again. Some of y'all taking notes. We must drown our future and present seasons in intercession, gifts of the Spirit, prayer, in order to be the body of Christ for the harvest during our chaotic, tragic, and traumatic time of our day. Listen, if you haven't noticed, things are crazy. Crazy. Now, let me just say this. I don't want to say crazy as like a mental illness. Just stop that. It's black and white. It's not crazy. Everything now is becoming either demonic or it is becoming Jesus. There is a significant distinction. You take prayer out of schools in Jesus' name. When there is not Jesus' name proclaimed, there is a void that is filled with darkness. Turn on a light switch and you will figure it out. You turn on a light switch, you don't see light coming in the door like, hey, and pushing back darkness. Do you see that? If you do, guess what? You crazy. <laughs> and you seeing things. Right? Right? Some of y'all are like, how does he know what I see? All right? It doesn't happen. You turn on light, darkness is not there. You take the name of Jesus away from schools, guess what will be there? Darkness. Right? Okay, so it's, it's a very chaotic and traumatic time, but here is the good news. In a chaotic and traumatic time where things in pockets everywhere are exploding with demonic activity and darkness, the glory of God is being fully revealed through the body of Christ. Number nine, while the enemy plays 11, we play nine. Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, next week, we're going to go over Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible, Pentateuch, and chapter 9, verse 11, okay? All right? That'll take about three hours. I'm sorry, no, I'm just kidding. But you read it during this week, every single one of them had to do with covenant and a distinction between the righteous and the unrighteous. Every single one of them. One of them says, I think it's in Exodus 9-11, it says, the magicians could not stand against Moses because of the boils on their legs. And they would fall. A distinction between the righteous and the unrighteous. Every single time. One of them has to deal with a Passover meal. You shall perform it this day of the week, this time of the year. What was the Passover meal? It was the way that God Distinguished his people out of slavery. Distinguishing. Harvest is a distinguishing of that which is for us and that which is not. Right? So let's take a look. Now, I, I began to read all that, and then somebody who I know sent me a birthday wish on Facebook. I recently found out that Facebook was for old people. I had this youth kid, he's like, man, Facebook's for old people, it's Instagram now. I was like, I don't even use Facebook that much. He's like, you really old. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really going to drop kick you. <laughs> anyway, beside the point. She sent me a Facebook message and it said, Happy birthday, Proverbs 9, verse 11. She didn't know nothing about what I've been reading about. And I was like, oh my gosh. Do you know what Proverbs 9-11 says? Let me just read this to you. Proverbs 9-11 says, for by me, talking about wisdom, for by me, your days will be multiplied and your years will be added to your life. Oh, I'm going to live to be like, what's his name? Sasser, 100 years old. And did you know on Facebook, what's his first name? TJ. Paul, TJ Sasser. T.J. Sasser, I pulled up on Facebook, he's, me, he's 100 years old, fought in World War II, man, and he looks amazing. I was like, this guy, and Rachel, we looked at the picture, and she goes, oh, that was taken when he was 98. I was like, does it matter? <laughs> look at him. His face is, he's just like, I'm like, look at him. And guess on the bulletin what pages his birthday thing was on, page 9 to 11. I went, Jesus, he's on page 9 to 11. And Rachel was like, what? I was like, (laughs) 9-11. The Jewish calendar, let me just say, we're just going to go 9-11 crazy right now. Okay? Because I'm about to explode with this word. All right? 9-11. Let me just say this. On this coming September, let me just tell you, watch. This coming September... It is the Jewish New Year, Yom Kippur, and it ends on 9-11. God is going to bring the state of Israel to a new thing. There will be chaos, trauma, and tragedy. The church will be in her fullness of glory with intercession and prayer and gifts of the Spirit, and the nation of Israel will be a beacon for healing of everybody. He was, I couldn't believe he was on page 9 to 11. Praise God, 100 years. She sent that to me and I went, praise God, man, for by me your days will be multiplied and years added to your life. And I thought, man, that's so good. I read Genesis 9 and God says to Noah, he says, I will establish my covenant with you. No longer will I flood the earth. Okay, establishing of the covenant. If you ever read the story of Noah, that is God literally simultaneously saving the righteous and judging the wicked. Right. He is taking the football from the enemy and then stiff arming him at the same time. You say, how is God going to save the righteous and judge the wicked at the same time? He has done it. Yeah. Yeah. Look in history, he does it, and he does it effortlessly. It's amazing. That's why we don't have to judge anything. You know why? Because he's going to judge it all. We live by faith and by grace and get ready for the harvest time. And I said, okay, so chapter 9, verse 11. And then it dawned on me, what if it's not just 9-11? What if it's like 91-1? I just had that thought. And I was like, but there ain't no book of the Bible that has 91. Yes, there is. Psalms. Turn in your Bibles to Psalms. 91.1. Or turn on your phones. Do something. Move. <laughs> I'm going to explode with this. He was on page 9 to 11. And it's Pentecost Sunday. And when you, I didn't even know it was Pentecost I've been so wrapped up in 9-11. I didn't know it was Pentecost Sunday, y'all. I didn't even know. You know, no pressure, Travis. It's Pentecost Sunday. Get those. Hey, uh, Pastor Travis, uh, it's Easter, and I'm bringing my whole family. So hopefully you do good. (laughs) Okay. Hey, Pastor Travis, it's Christmas, and I brought all my friends and all my family. Hope you do good. Well, where are they the rest of the year? I don't say that. But come on. Get your butt to church. I said that. That's the nicest way I can say it. And these last days, get your butt to church. But I, I'm tired. I'm tired. Get up. Jesus came out of the grave for you. Now get out of bed. Dick gum. I don't like my new haircut. Man, shut up. We worship too long. Man, shut up. Worship too long. What do you think you're going to be doing for eternity? I mean, come on now. Get some strength in them legs. You know, during the week, grab some weights and practice this. Get that shoulder strength up so that when you get here, you can be like, "Mm, I got this for an hour and a half. Let's go. Hey, sometimes you got to go through the motion until you get the grace and the Spirit. All right? You might be thinking, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to do it. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. You can posture yourself in certain ways that the spirit realm responds to that. It happens in demonic ways as well. Why do you think witches and things do dances and things? What are they conjuring up? What are we trying to conjure? What are we trying to invoke here? What kind of spirit are we trying to invoke here with this? (laughs) I wonder if Dallas is going to trade Ezekiel Elliott. Who cares? I'm sorry. Love you guys. Let's go. All right, Psalm 91. I'm just saying, come to church. Find a church, get planted, and get some fruit in your life. If you don't go to church on a regular basis and get involved, and everybody there, yes, they're not perfect. They are messed up and they might say mean things to you. Get over it, move on. Okay? Get over it, move on. Why? Because it's about your relationship with Jesus Christ and produce and fulfilling your calling. Every single one of you are called. Get your butt to church. I said butt three times. If my son was in here, he'd be like, oh, but. Anyway, all right, y'all ready? I'm going to take a swig of water. You get notes ready. I'm telling you this right now. We're going serious mode. All right. Lord, I just pray that your anointing would be all over this. Lord, as we go throughout the day, we go throughout the year, no matter what comes, Lord, I pray that we would be remembered of Psalm 91. In Jesus' name, amen. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation." Verse 1, here we go. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, this one is packed very much, and let's just go through this, and we're going to go through all of them, so you just get ready and listen. Okay. Dwells means to sit and rest. The secret place is the shelter of the Most High. That word Most High is the word El Elyon. It means the possessor of heaven and earth. All authority has been given unto me, Jesus says, on heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples. Okay? All authority, he is the possessor of heaven and earth, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Abide in the shadow. Shadow means you have to be close to something to be in its shadow, correct? You have to be pretty intimate with something for it to be, you to be in its shadow. If I watch this, if I dwell in the secret place of the Most High through prayer, when I in worship, that's why you can't be like this. In prayer and worship, if I dwell in that secret place in Christ, in El Elyon, the possessor of heaven and earth, then I will abide in the shadow, the very closeness of of the Almighty. And that word Almighty is El Shaddai. It means this. The All-Sufficient One. Okay? Now watch. When I rest my soul through worship and prayer in the revelation of His sovereign control, then I remain close to His provision. Okay? Watch. Watch. I'm going to put it like this. This is called Travis Translation. That's my translation. Because sometimes I take scripture and I try to get a revelation and I put it in my own words so I can understand it. Right? Okay. When I make provision for his presence, then his presence meets me with provision. Why would you wake up at 5 o'clock and try to pray in the Spirit or just pray and read your Bible? Because you are providing a place to meet with Him and to stay close to Him. Because if I stay close to Him, then He knows my inner thoughts and He knows what I need. And when His presence meets me, it meets me with what I need. Give us this day our daily bread. Does it not say that? Did Jesus not teach us to pray like that? All right? So when I provide a place for His presence, He always, His presence, always meets me with the provision I need. And some of us think, well, well, I need a new bass boat. Well, you ain't getting one if you take it out on Sunday morning. I'm being serious. Come to church. I was fishing. I was, no, I'm not saying you can't take a Sunday off. Make it few. All right. When I make provision for his presence, then his presence meets me with provision. When I meet with El Elyon, the one who can possess heaven and everything in heaven, and the one that possesses earth, when I meet with him in prayer and worship on a daily basis, his presence always meets me with El Shaddai. What is it that you need? Well, I feel like the Lord's calling me to do this, but I have nothing to be able to do that. And guess what? Meet with El Shaddai. Justin, you remember when I pulled you and Annie in the park and said, I'm going to seminary? Do you remember that? Do you think I had money to go to seminary? No, I didn't, right? I was, I was driving a 1994 F-150, beat-up truck, living at home. Did I have money to go to seminary? That was God's calling on my life. I didn't, did I? And you're probably thinking, why did you drag me out here to Pornage Park to tell me this? Long story short, my uncle gave me a house. We redid it, sold it, and for the exact amount, I used that money to go to seminary and pay for it. When I provide a place to meet with El Elyon, then El Shaddai shows me the way. When there is no way, he shows up and shows me a way. That's verse one. Now, what does his presence provide me with? I love this. Are y'all ready? This is what his presence always provides me with. Verse two. It says this I will say to the Lord, that word Lord is Yahweh, the covenant keeping God. I will say to Yahweh, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The first thing that his presence provides me with is this, a proclamation of his covenant-keeping faithfulness. His provision is already there. It is proclaiming what he is and who he is and what he's doing and what he's doing for me. His Provision provides for me a proclamation of Him. Now listen to me. This is not some kind of name it and claim it. This is a statement of faith. This is when I say it, things change in the spiritual atmosphere because I am saying the Word of God by faith of what He's provided for me. It gives me a proclamation that I can be confident in. because Why? Because He is the Lord. He is Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God. God is not a man that he should lie. God does not break promises. God does not make contract. He spills his own blood to make covenant. That's totally different. It's not like anything else that we have seen. He is not in contract with you. If you want to go into contract with God, you're basically saying, can I have salvation but live my life? No. You can go in covenant with him, Meaning this, if you want salvation, then you owe him your life. So you can't do whatever you want to do. You can't live how you want to live and then say, Lord, why didn't you provide this for me? Because I don't know you. Not y'all. I'm talking about other people. Okay? You know, y'all know, you know I love y'all. I'm not talking to y'all. Some first-time visitors might be like, man, that gun. His head is so shiny. All right. See, now now y'all looking at my head. Yahweh, the covenant keeping God, the all creator. I love this. It says that he is my refuge and my fortress. Oh, come on. As a believer, I don't need a safe place. You got some of these people in college, they need a safe place. I need a safe place. You're saying things that offend me. I need a safe place. I don't need a safe place. You know why? As a believer, I have a strong place. Say what you want. Do what you want. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is the covenant-keeping God. And the last time I checked, the one person that came against somebody that was not in covenant with God, he got a stone to the head, and his head was chopped off by a teenage boy. Everybody's shaking. What are we going to do with this giant? David shows up and says, who is this filthy, dirty Philistine that is not in covenant with Yahweh? And then he ran into battle. I don't know if I'd run into battle with a rock, maybe an AK or something. I mean, that dude was 10 foot tall. The head of his spear weighed 15 pounds. 15 pounds. Pick up 15 pounds and throw it. Don't do that. You break your arm. I can see half y'all out in y'all's front yard. (laughs) Pastor Travis said I get a proclamation. Verse 3 and 4. It gives me a proclamation. Now watch this. Verse 3 and 4. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. And he will cover you with his pinions. Under his wings you will find refuge. The second thing that his presence always provides me with, proclamation first. Second, protection supernatural protection supernatural protection it says this he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler there are things in the future that the enemy might have planned for you that god will deliver you from but when it says he'll cover you with his feathers with his wings with his pinions right there the mercy seat in the holy of holies was covered by those angels so what is he, what is he saying listen You receive protection, physical protection over your life when you go to the mercy seat every day. Let me tell you something. If I was in law enforcement, I'd be waking up sometime early praying and worshiping. Anybody here in law enforcement? Raise your hand if you are. All right, before you leave, we're going to pray for you. The protection of Psalm 91. Okay, thank you for your service. Thank you. Anybody here that's been in the military, you know what I'm talking about, okay? Okay, crying out to the Lord. I have to receive his mercy for his angels to cover me and get his mercy so that, hey, you know what? When I go about my day my daily business, I am supernaturally protected. In this day and age, you're going to need it. I'm going to need it. Don't just think, oh, well, i I got this, other, this job that I just sit at my desk, blah, 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 you know. No, 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 no. Chaotic, traumatic times, ladies and gentlemen. Chaotic, traumatic times and glory-filled times. Glory-filled times, remember that. All right, let's go. From the, um, <clears throat> verse 5 and 6. "'You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday.'" The next thing that his presence provides me with is peace. Okay? Provision gives me a proclamation. That proclamation gives me protection. It gives me peace. The terror of the night, the schemes of the enemy that you don't see. The schemes of the enemy that you don't see, that you know that are out there, that you can't see. Hey, guess what? You will not walk with a spirit of fear of what could might happen. Well, I want to go on this mission trip, but what if the airplane explodes and I die? Well, at least you die on the will of God instead of living out of it. Right? See, some people have been called to be missionaries to other countries or go on a mission trip, but you're scared of flying. We will not fear. I, my pop, Listen to me. I don't walk by fear, and I have to remind myself this all the time. I don't walk by fear. I walk in by faith. And I never really got a grasp of this scripture until one day when we were doing our church and we were going and going and going. You know, fear is a spirit. Well, Travis, it's a chemical imbalance in the brain, and da 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 da. da. Um, people are like you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but those chemical imbalances come from a spirit. Okay. I, now I tell you how I know this. I was at school walking my kids to lunch, and I had a panic attack. I'm walking fifth graders to lunch. I mean, the food must be bad. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. How are we gonna make it? I start. My heart started racing, and I got fearful of all the stuff that we were doing at the church and everything. And I started thinking crazy thoughts of our marriage. You know, our marriage was, was great. It's good, you know. But I started thinking all this. I started having a panic attack. And y'all know me. I don't have panic attacks. I might cause other people to have panic attacks, but I myself don't have panic attacks. And I started freaking out. I was like, get in line, get in line, get in line, get in line. We're going to lunch, go. And I just remember I came back to my desk and I sat down and I was just like, I mean, the enemy was having his way with me. The the spirit of fear, it's a spirit, right? So when I look and the spirit of fear starts to come upon me, listen to me. I say this, I will not fear the terror of the night. You can do things and get things ready for me, enemy, but I ain't gonna walk in fear of those things. I'm not gonna walk in fear of those things. Watch this. I will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day. Even when you see... The stuff happening during the day. The gossip you hear at work. To me, when I see the word arrow, I think of gossip. Oh, you know what she said? You know? How many of you ever played that game where you, well, I better not say that, but. You know what I'm saying? Where they shoot the arrow on the last one there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One guy's like, oh, dude, I'll play it. Okay, all right. But that's what gossip's like. It's people just babbling. That would be like me taking a bow and arrow, a pretty strong compound bow, and just putting it in there and just going, yeah, you know what, and just shooting it. That's irresponsible, is somebody Somebody's going to get hit, right? You do not have to fear the gossip at work. You don't have to fear what man says about you, and you don't even have to fear what's going to happen to your company. Why? Because you don't operate like that. Why? Because he's your refuge. He's the El Shaddai. Oh, they're going to lay us off today. Okay, well, fine, lay me off today what am I going to do about it? I'm going to go home and pray. I got more time to pray now. Right? Amen. Amen. I mean, what, I mean you ain't gonna, if you worry, I mean, what are you going to do? Right? You're going to shorten your life. It gives me peace. Watch this. The pestilence. I don't fear the pestilence. Do you, I, I believe this. Watch this. You know how like we come up with new medicine to heal new things? Scientists, God gives scientists the mind for that. I believe it comes from God. Even when they deny God, he gives them the mind for it, and it's for our grace, okay? So they can say, oh, oh there's no God, and then they get a revelation of some kind of new drug or whatever that helps humans out. That's, I believe that's from the Lord. Let me just say this. I think the enemy has a way of taking diseases and bacteria and twisting them outside of the will of God and trying to project them on humanity. Okay. Now, what do I do? Well, what, what if I get that disease? What if I get that? No, you won't. Why? You don't operate in fear, y'all. So whatever diseases that are out there that are coming, I mean, you, just, you don't walk in fear. Let's keep reading. Verse 7. So it gives me peace. Now watch this. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. It gives me a different perception. That's the next thing. It gives me a different perception. Listen, bad things are happening to these people. Everything, bad things are happening to me all around. But guess what? It's not gonna come near me. Why? Because these are the days where God is going to start to distinguish the righteous from the unrighteous. It gives me a different perception. God, why would you let this happen? God, these people, what's going on here? God, God, what is going on? I pray that this right here would help you understand that you need to get a God perspective on the chaos in the world. and We need to get a God perspective because it changes the way I look at things. It changes the way I look at things. With my perspective, look at verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. Now watch this. I love this. This gives me a different posture. Okay? Gives me a different posture. My perspective changes the way I walk. Verse 7 and 8 is my perspective. My perspective changes the way I walk. It changes my posture. If I am not operating, I've got God's perspective, I have the mind of Christ on the situations going on around me, or even in my own life, it changes the way. So a man thinks in his heart, so he will be. The thought patterns and the grooves in your mind determine the thought patterns and the walk of your step. And you can either walk and stumble in fear and darkness, or you can walk by faith. It's up to us. It's a choice. It changes my posture. Not only that, it changes my posture from that of a victim to a victor. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. Yeah, but this happened to me a long time ago, or this happened to me last week. Look at me. If I got the perspective of Christ, then guess what? I am never a victim of circumstance. I'm never a victim of circumstance though there might be a season where things are happening to me that are horrible, I will not remain a victim of what is happening because I am more than a conqueror through Him who loves me. I rise above. Every time I rise above because my posture is not one of, well, I guess if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, or, well, this always happens to me. Murphy's Law, oh, man. Oh, Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, it did happen, I'm getting healed from it, and now I'm going to walk in a different way than the way I walked. Because the enemy wants me to walk in a posture of defeat. I will not. I know El Elyon. I know El Shaddai. I know Yahweh. And I know the Son who died for me, Yeshua. So you could be a victim of your circumstance, but I'm going to walk the way I walked. I'm going to walk by faith. Amen? And I'm going to come to church. <laughs> had to lighten the mood up for a little bit. you are like, yeah, come to church. Tell your friend that. Tell them, hey, come to church. It changes your posture. You're no longer a victim, but now you walk in victory, and you walk that out. I remember one time when I was at work, um, I had trouble with one of my uh, bosses, and, and I, just couldn't get, I just couldn't understand why I was having so much trouble. And... You know, there were things being said to me from this boss of mine. And I was just like, I was trying to do my best job, but, you know, they were threatening to fire me. And I was just like, I don't know what the deal is. Like, I'm pretty likable. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of smart. You know, I'm funny. I was like, why would they want to fire me? And I didn't hear anything from the Lord. You know, I did hear something from my wife, who sometimes is like a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you need to do this. Oh, man, why you, got, why you got to be like the Holy Spirit right now? Okay? And she said, why don't you pray for your boss? Why you got to be taking their side? Don't you love me? They, we do that, don't we? We manipulate. We manipulate, right? She said, why don't you pray for it? All right, I'll pray for her. I'll pray for her. Fine. Lord, bless her. Just bless her.
1: Bless
0: her. Bless her. And I, anyway, I moved positions, blah, 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 blah. And we were at Lowe's one day, and the Lord spoke to me. I spent a lot of time at Lowe's. Love Lowe's. I was walking down, I think it was aisle 14. It was aisle 14. This is why I can remember, because the Lord spoke to me. Hey, you remember where you were when 9-11 happened, don't you? I remember where I was and what I was doing when God speaks to me. I was at Lowe's, aisle 14, y'all. I was sitting there walking, and I had this thought in my head, man, why why would they do that? What was going on? Why didn't the Lord tell me? I was talking to myself because I didn't want the Lord to hear me, (laughs) okay? Have you ever do that? You talk to yourself, you know, Jesus is listening to your conversations, (laughs) and he still sticks with you. (laughs) Yes, that's how much he loves you, because ultimately, if you get down to it, you're a little crazy. Just a little bit, right? And I was like, man, why would the Lord not show me, you know, what was going on, you know, all this stuff? Because they moved me, and then um, she um, ended up hiring a friend in my spot, you know. And she basically was moving me out, trying to push me out, not because of anything I'd done, but she wanted her friend there. Okay? And I was like, man, why, why wouldn't the Lord? And this is the way he spoke to me, he goes, because you couldn't handle it. See, there's things that God will reveal to you at the right time. See, if He would have told me, hey, she's moving you out because she wants her friend in there, I probably could have busted that door and be like, I know what you're doing. And then I would have ruined the whole thing of what God was trying to do. And ultimately, what happened was they moved me out, and then I went back there and I talked to her boss. And you know what happened? You know what happened? She didn't get fired. No, no, no. You know what happened? Healing came into her life too. I said, hey, look, this is what she probably needs to work on. And Her boss goes, yeah. And then my boss was like, yeah, you know what? I do. And everybody got healed. Isn't that amazing? All right? That's how God works. That's how God works. Because, I mean, I wanted her to get healed, in Jesus' name. All right? All right, verse 11 and 12. Here we go. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Now, this scripture is very similar to the one, if it's not, it is the one that the devil used at Jesus to try to tempt him. It says, Why don't you come with me to the top of the temple? And let's throw yourself down, Yeshua. God will command his angels concerning you, you will not fall. They'll, 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 they'll hold you up. Basically, ultimately, if people saw that, they might begin to worship Jesus. It was a short way to the crown. Jesus knew he had to go to the cross. So he says, hey, let's go up here. But there's one part of the scripture that the devil leaves out when tempting Jesus. Here it is. It says this, verse 11, he'll command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. He left that out. You know what to guard you in all your ways? In your everyday life. Not trying to do something spectacular. Not going against the physical laws that God created to show how spiritual you are. say, what do you mean by that? I believe that God's going to provide for me. I'm just going to sit here and pray, not go to work, not get an education because God is my provider. You're going against the physical laws He created. That's what the devil was trying to get Jesus to do. Turn that stone into bread. Could Jesus do it? Yeah. But is it against the physical laws of nature? Yes. Yes. So what, I, what I'm saying is, is that in your everyday life, and you're getting up, you're going to work, you're putting kids to bed, you're bathing kids, you're paying mortgage, you're mowing the grass. I love uh, my brother-in-law. He has a quote. Never trust a man that doesn't mow his own grass. Amen and amen. You can trust me. I got a push mower and I have a big lawn. I sweat all the time. And my son stays inside with tea and he's like, hey. I'm like, a couple of years, you're out of here. Right? But look, I, he says that. He tries to tempt him to listen. I don't go against the physical laws in my everyday life. Guess what? Here's what this means. Travis translation, you ready? It's called placement. So watch. He gives me, oh, I love this. He gives me provision, proclamation, protection, peace, a perception, a different posture, and now he gives me placement. Meaning this, when I'm in the wrong place, he has set things in the right place to protect me. How many of you have ever been in the wrong place? Yeah, you've been in the wrong place. And you show up and you're like, I'm in the wrong place. Wrong place. What happens is this, is that God, whenever I go to God in prayer and worship, he then takes angels outside of time, puts them in time at the right time for me. Come on. So that when I go about my day and I just happen to be behind an 18-wheeler that has a flat tire and one of those big giant rubber wheels starts to come off, guess what? It goes right over my car to the side of the road. Why? Well, because the walls of physical gravity. No, there was an angel in front of your car that went like this. Why? Because they are ministering spirits for you to proclaim the gospel right? They minister. There are two times in Jesus' life that we see angels ministering to him. Once after he was tempted and once in the Garden of Gethsemane. Your calling, you will fulfill whenever you have angels helping you, protect you, and to go about your regular old day. And then you get to work after that whole 18-wheeler incident, and there's somebody there, and you tell them about it, and then you lead them to the Lord. Well, guess what? If I did not provide a place for God's presence to meet me with provision and give me all those things and to set angels in place, that little rubber tire would have hit my windshield, and it could have been bad. But guess what? All of heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Go and make disciples. Right? Is that not good? It's good? Even when I'm in the wrong place, he's put things in the right place for me. Right? Okay. Gives me placement. Thirteen. Verse 13, you will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent, you will trample underfoot. Basically, I'm just going to say this, no form of evil can defeat you when the cross has defeated your enemy. It gives you power. It literally gives you power. It gives you power, church. It gives you power. So when the darkness starts to arise in chaotic times and traumatic times in your life, guess what? It gives you power to overcome. It gives you power. Listen, we got to have some more power in the church. That's where the fullness of glory comes in. Amen? Now, 14 through 16, we're going to go through this, and we're done. 14 and 16, the pronouns change, right? Look at the pronouns. Y'all know what a pronoun is? Okay, pronouns. All right. All the other verses, it says, I will say to the Lord, and and. And he will deliver you. So I want you to picture like this. Andy, come up here. Okay? Okay, stand here. All right. So it's like whoever wrote the psalm is saying this to this person. Okay? So it says like, he who dwells, he's talking about this person, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the mighty. I will say, I will say to the Lord, okay, okay, my refuge in my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you, okay, watch this. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Okay, watch. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. You will not fear the terror of the night. You, 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 you. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. On their hands, uh, the angels, they'll, they will, he, will com- he will command his angels gar- uh, guarding you, Right? You will have power to tread on the the line of the serpent. Verse 14, because he holds fast, he's talking. Turn and look. Because, okay. Now this is God talking. Listen, y'all see this. Look how the pronouns change. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Say yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Thank you. Good Good job. Right? Y'all see how that changed? Right? So... I'm writing the psalm and I'm speaking to a friend of mine or whatever. I'm like, man, God's going to do this. Hey, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. And then all of a sudden in verse 14, he speaks. And it's like, now what happens? Verse 14 through 16, the last thing that his presence will provide for me is this, a promise. Let's read the promise. Because he holds fast to me in love. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Not just know about Jesus, but what that means is when I know a person's name, I know who they are. We're on a first name basis. Amen? Unless you know me, and sometimes I forget your name. Like when I came in here, I saw Joe up here praying. I went, that's Joe. And then he came up and he came up and said, do you remember me? And I was like, Joe, Joe. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, thank God it's Joe. Because that would have been awkward. You know? No, I'm Henry. Okay. Henry! <laughs> What's up, brother? All right. Because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. Oh, man. Don't you love it when Yahweh answers you when you pray? Yeah. Amen. Come on. I will be with him in trouble. Sometimes he don't take me out. Sometimes he comes and sits with me. Right. He comes and he sits with me when I am in trouble. I'm at the wrong place at the wrong time going about my day trying to do a good Christian life. And guess what? There's persecution. There's gossip. And guess what? He doesn't take me out. He comes and he stands with me. He stands with me. Let me tell you a story real quick and then we're going to finish up. Oh, so many good stories. Listen to me. We're going to go to Luby's in a little bit. Listen, I had a dream one time. I was a taxi driver, and Jesus was in the back seat. Have y'all heard this story? You have? Oh, be quiet. We're going to get crawfish. Chill out. <laughs> Jesus was in the back seat, and I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. No, I didn't say that. He going to reach over me like, move your head. All right, anyway, He's in the back seat of the taxi. This is my dream I have, okay? This isn't like... Like, this didn't actually happen, okay? Don't be thinking I picked up Jesus or something. But in a dream, I was uh, driving this taxi, and we're going on a highway, and there was a big, giant bu- uh, billboard that said, I understand. So I'm sitting there driving, and Jesus speaks. I never turn around. It was kind of like one of those Moses things. Like, I kind of, like, I, out of respect for who Jesus is, I didn't turn around and look at him. It's kind of scary a little bit. Like in a healthy, good, like, fear, like, this is God sitting in the back seat. <laughs> Drive the car, all right? <laughs> Go to the speed limit, <laughs> all right. And it said, I understand. And Jesus spoke, and he goes, I understand. I went, okay. And I'm, I'm, I'll see the billboard, you know, when I'm driving. I'm like that's 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 good, Jesus. And then he reigns over, and he says it again. He goes, I understand. I went, that's, okay, good. I'm glad you understand. And then I woke up. And then when I woke up, the Lord told me that was for a friend of mine, and they just had a miscarriage. I saw him at a wedding, and we're at a wedding, and I said, hey, man, I said, I think I had a dream for you. I said, I want you to know something. I said, I told him the dream, you know, I understand. I said, listen, I know you lost a son. God knows what it's like to lose a son. Brian. I said, he understands. What does that mean? It means your son's not coming back. Your son's in heaven. But God will come under and stand under the weight of that with you. He understands. And he was like, and he just brought, and he was like, he just like, they always ask they always ask the woman, what's wrong, you know, and, and whenever they have a miscarriage, but nobody's asked me, and he goes, and that's fine. I just try to bend strong, and he just, he broke. I was like, hey, he, under, he understands. He knows what it's like to lose a son, okay? Now, my point of all that is this, is that sometimes, man, we in trouble, and God does not deliver us out. He comes underneath that trouble, and he, he spots us. He spots us. He picks it up. He says, hey, you're only going to get stronger if I stand with you. Okay? You don't need a safe place because you have me, a strong place. Right? Okay. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him. His promise is one of prosperity. His promise is one of sp- I will satisfy him. Listen to me. Satisfaction. And is what speaks of prosperity. Prosperity is not having a bunch of money, a Ferrari, and whatever else that you want. Those are things. Now, would it be nice to have those things? I guess. I don't know. I'm a teacher, y'all, okay? I just want a dry erase marker that lasts for six months, Right? But satisfaction, man, satisfaction means this: I might not have a lot of money, but I come in and that my, there's no relationship issues. I have all my needs met, every meal that I want, I, I get to eat, I have family, I have life, and I have a good church home. Come on. That is satisfaction to its fullest. Listen, I can live off of breadcrumbs and water as long as my marriage is good and my church is good. If this is good and this is good, I'm good. If you want to throw in a bass boat, good. But the second that I care more about my relationship with my bass boat than this, it all falls apart. I'm going to wax it. Look at me wax it. I love this bass boat. Woo wee. Come to church. Okay. But some of y'all are like bass fishermen. You're like, man, this guy won't get off of it. <laughs> Chill out. All right, I got one even better for you. Dallas plays at 11. Dallas plays at 11, y'all. Let's go. Let's go. Worship. Let's go. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Don't look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. J.J. Watson, Houston today. Come on, let's hurry up. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Right? It's just, you know, the things that we care more about than God's presence, it, it baffles me in my own life. I'm like, what in the world's wrong with you, Travis? Holy smokes, man. Why do you care so much about that stuff? Christ died for you, and you're an idiot, and he still died for you. But you care about all this other little stuff, and you get so anxious about it. Don't we? Oh my gosh, do we not get anxious about stupid stuff? Do we not? Am I preaching to myself now? Who gets anxious about stupid stuff? Good. Yes. Don't don't. And I tell my kids, I teach fifth grade science. And I was like, hey, we're taking the star test. You know what that means, right? They're like, no, Mr. Owens, what? It's like, it will determine the rest of your life, how much money you will make, who you will marry, where you will live, and how big your house will be, and if you have a boat or not. So let's review. Here we go. And then I tell them, like, hey, I secretly, I say, hey, do your best. God will take care of the rest. Okay, I've seen God use not so bright guys to preach His gospel. I don't say that to them, but I'm like, just let God take take care of the rest. Okay, I love this. Right, ready? Last verse. With long life, I will prosper him and show him my salvation. That word salvation, you can write it in your Bible. It's the word Yeshua. That is a Hebrew name for Jesus. Listen to me. His promise is that you will see Jesus manifest in your life. If I provide a place for His presence, I can count that His angels will protect me if I'm going about His will and His business. If I provide a place for His presence, He will provide for me to fulfill my calling. If I provide a place for His presence, then Jesus, the living God, the Christ, the anointing and the anointed one will show up in my daily life. Sometimes through a smile, sometimes through a a hug, sometimes through an encouraging word, sometimes for praying for people and tumors disappearing. Sometimes telling somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus about Jesus and giving them my testimony, but he will show up if I provide a place for him to show up. Every time. So listen, we're going to go through this. And you just stand if you need. If you, and we're going to pray and this is it. If you need provision, stand up. Stand up if you need provision. We're going to pray for you if you need provision. Okay. Good. Good. If you need a proclamation in your life, if you need to be able to say something new about the Lord, stand up. If you need protection, stand up. If you need peace, stand up. If you need a different perspective on a bad situation, stand up. If you need a walk in a different posture, you're not a victim, but you are a victor, stand up. If you need God to place His angels about your life so that you can fulfill God's calling, stand up. If you need more power, stand up. If you want to receive the full promises of a covenant-keeping God, stand up. If you want to prosper in life, stand up. If you want to see Jesus Christ show up every day, stand up. Father, for those who are standing, we proclaim right now Psalm 91. Lord, we just make a provision for your presence here in this place. Let this church be a home for your presence. Let this be the house of prayer that you've called it to be. Father, we just bathe this season and the next with prayer and worship. Lord, I pray for those who are in law enforcement. I pray for protection over them, Lord. We ask for your angels to be about them. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide what they're thinking and how to handle situations. Lord, and if it comes down to it, Lord, if bullets are flying, Lord, I pray your angels would spare them and defect the bullets different ways, Lord. Lord, give them wisdom. Give them so much wisdom. Lord, for all the people standing, Lord, we want your full promise. May we live a life satisfied, satisfied, Lord Jesus, so that when it comes down to it and we want to, we can give our life to you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for just being here. And all God's people said, "Amen, amen." amen. Thank you. Turn this off. Okay. Yeah.